Welcome to A New Creation. I'm Phyllis and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of A New Creation is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new and it is from God. Tonight is Christmas Eve. Holiness, deity, omnipotence, omniscience, glory, condense himself and clothed himself in human flesh and became a man. That's what we will be celebrating tomorrow and we'll be reflecting on tonight and have been reflecting on for this whole month I have. Think about it. The one who inhabits eternity came down to earth and became a human being. This is an unprecedented act of love, and it changed the course of human history. Our minds can't fully comprehend its meaning, and sometimes the best way to express something with such meaning as God making himself man and coming down to earth is through the lyrics of a song. And One of the songs that I'm going to share with you today is O Holy Night. And it's a song that John Sullivan Dwight, he translated it from French to English in 1855. And the lyrics of the song is this. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error, pining. Pining means to suffer a mental or physical decline, especially because of a broken heart. So that the lyrics say, long lay the world in sin and error, pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angels' voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born, O night, O holy night, O night divine. That song summarizes the birth of the Lord when he came from heaven and broke through and came on earth. See, Jesus is God incarnate. And what that means is expressed in John chapter 1, verse 14. And it's the new King James Version of the scripture. And it reads, and this is what God incarnate means. It reads, the word became flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So what that means is that the character of God, the Father, his attributes became in human, it became flesh and it came in human form. In the person of the Lord Jesus. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 expresses this in in, in even greater detail. 
It reads, For in him, referring to the Lord Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So the Godhead is comprised of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And in Jesus dwells all the Trinity, because that's what I name, all the fullness of the Trinity in body form, in human flesh. Holiness and deity, Emmanuel, God with us. That's what the birth of Christ means. That's what Christmas means. Another psalm that expresses and it and expounds on Christ's deity that I believe can help us to understand what this means is the song, Mary, Did You Know? And that song was written in 1984. And its lyrics read, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy was come to make you new? This child that you delivered would soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? That sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. I want to speak a little bit about Mary because the more I study about her, the more so unique she was. And I understand why Gabriel, when he greeted her, he, he gave her an honor that she was honored among women. But Mary was only a teenager. Most of the studies that, I, that I've done on Mary puts her age between 14 and 15. So she was a teenage, a young girl. And this song expresses some of the things as, even if you're not a teenager, just when you're going to become a mother, whether you have a daughter or a son, you sometimes reflect on what their lives will be like or what they will be like. But this song expresses so many different questions that Mary, who was selected, chosen to be the mother when Jesus came on earth, the mother of the Messiah. But to think about the last line that I read, that sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. She was holding in her womb, I am that I am. That's who God said he was to Moses when he went to Moses and he called Moses to go and to get the children of Israel out of Egypt, to take them out of Egyptian bondage to the promised land. And Moses asked God, who should I say that you are? And he said, I am that I am. And Jesus, here we are. Jesus in bodily form was the great I am. Today's episode of a new creation. It's a question from the Lord of all creation. And this is the episode's title, Who Am I to You? And this is the question that Jesus is asking all of us. Think about that for a moment. Personalize it. It's 
a Selah moment, S-E-L-A-H. That's when you meditate on something. Meditate on who Jesus is to you. See, when an angel of the Lord, he came down from heaven, he came down from heaven and he com- he proclaimed to the shepherds. And this is in Luke chapter two, verses 10 and 11. And I'm going to read the New Living Translation version of the scripture. And it reads, but the angel reassured them because when the angels appeared before the shepherds, they were afraid. And so the the angel greeted them this way, said, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. After that pronouncement, there were a host of angels that were that were singing and were proclaiming what that one angel said to the shepherds. And what the shepherds did was they immediately went to Bethlehem to see the Christ child. And they went, they saw the Christ child, they saw his mother, they saw his father, they saw the baby, and they were rejoicing. They went and they spread the good news of what the angels had said to them. And then they went back to their home where they were, where they live, glorifying in the whole region, really glorifying and praising God. Even though the angels had expressed and proclaimed that this was good news to all men, you do know there were people that were not happy about. It was not good news to them that he was born. Christ's birth in the earth was not good news to everybody, in other words. And in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 3, the New King James Version of Scripture, I'm going to share with you that example. But before I do, just think about that for a moment. Even today, Christ, the good news that he brings, salvation, peace, goodwill, and he sometimes challenges us too in terms of, of if we are living in a manner in which will be pleasing to him or in a manner that serves the purpose that he created us for. There are people today who are not very happy about that. So this is not unusual that something that should bring joy to all of us and should encourage us and to let us know that there's more to life than what we're experiencing from day to day. Everyone is not going to embrace that. And here in Matthew chapter two, verses one through three, and I'm going to read the New King James Version of the scripture. It reads, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. Did you hear that? King Herod, when the Magi men from the east who had come and they had observed the star and they came to worship the king of the Jews. They went to King Herod and King Herod was not happy about it. And the scripture says he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. So not only was the king disturbed, but all of Jerusalem was was disturbed because of this news. 
Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about King Herod. And this may, ex this may explain to you why the rest of Jerusalem was also disturbed about the news of the king of the Jews being born. Herod was a wicked, he was a wicked leader. And he was threatened by any rival to his, his being on the throne. And this includes the birth of the king of the Jews. He had 10 wives and he also was a murderer. He murdered his favorite wife, Marianne. Imagine of the 10 wives, you're his favorite wife or this person is his favorite wife. He murders her. He murders her brother. He murders her two sons or his two sons. He's her two sons. He murders her grandfather. And he also murdered her mother. The whole family practically he murdered. He was ruthless, bloodthirsty, and he was determined to stay in power by any means necessary. And this also included murdering a threat to his, his throne. In this case, the birth of who Magi referred to as the king of the Jews. But what he didn't recognize, it was the birth of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He was not just the king of the Jews, but he was God of all creation. What King Herod attempted to do when he, the Magi went back, he asked the Magi to come back to him when they found the child, when they went to Bethlehem to come back to him to let him know where the child was so that he could go and worship him. But King Herod's plan was to murder the child. But the Magi were warned in a dream. God warned them in a dream and they went back home in a different direction. So when King Herod found out that the Magi wouldn't be coming back to let him know specifically where the child was, he issued a decree that all the male babies from the age of two and younger would be murdered in that area. And that's exactly what happened. This act that King Herod did, this was a supernatural act. This was an act that was demonic and it was directed by Satan himself the God of this world, who really put that idea in King Herod's mind. Because King Herod, as I said, he was a wicked king. He was very easily threatened by people around him because he, as I was reading the background on him, I found out that he was not really the proper leader of, of, of Jerusalem. He was not supposed to be the king there. He, he even won over or took, took leadership by force. And as I told you about what he did to his family, it wouldn't be a stretch for him to do what he later did. And, and what happens when a person has certain proclivities, when they open themselves up to darkness and the acts of darkness and the deeds of darkness, the enemy enters in. And that's why I say this was a demonic act. When Jesus, when the proclamation was made by those angels and that particular angel to those shepherds, and the word got out that the king of the Jews or the king of kings, we know, was born. There will always be a response. When God entered the earth legally, because he came from the came through the womb of Mary. And Galatians 4, 4, I, 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 I shared that scripture with you before. It says, for, in the, for when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. That means that Jesus, when it was the appointed time, God sent him forth and he came through 
the womb of a woman as every child born on earth comes. He had to come through legally. So when God sent his son through legally, that's why I use that term, all creation was made aware of it, including principalities and powers. And Ephesians 6, 12 tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So when Jesus's pronouncement was made by the angel, all of the world took notice. That means the unseen world as well as the seen world. And a response was made. And it was made through King Herod by his attempting to destroy the destiny that God had really for the world. See, God's presence, the presence of the Lord Jesus, even today, it always has to have a response to it. Every segment of our existence must respond to the presence of the Lord Jesus. Talking about if how and what he means to you. Who he is to you. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8, and it's the NIV version of the scripture, it reads, And a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall, they stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Jesus is that stone of stumbling. He is the chief cornerstone. He is that stone in Zion that Second Peter speaks of, 1 Peter speaks of, it's in 1 Peter chapter 2. It speaks of Jesus and his being a stone of stumbling. He's the one that everyone on the face of the earth and even principalities and power have to respond to. He's the one that keeps us grounded and lets us know what's right and what's wrong. Last week, I shared with you in Daniel chapter 2, verses 32 through 35, I shared with you a dream that Daniel interpreted for King Nebuchadnezzar. And this, what I shared with you last week, ties into what I'm speaking about today, who he is to you. You make a decision. Who is Christ to you? What does he mean to you? In that dream, I'll give you a little, a little a background on it in case some of you didn't hear it last week. I just want to bring you up to speed. In the dream, Daniel interpreted for King Nebuchadnezzar this image that he saw a vision of. And in the image, it had a gold head the head was made of gold the chest and arm were of silver the middle the middle section of, of that 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 particular statue the middle section and the thighs were of bronze and the feet were of iron and clay it was a mixture of iron and clay in that dream there was a stone which was cut out by no human hand it struck that particular statue and it struck it from the from the feet and when it struck it the statue crumbled up and it blew away. It went away. Couldn't be found again. There was no trace found of it. It was blown away in the wind. And what that symbolized was that all those, that stature and all those different metals, as I shared with you, represented different kingdoms of the world. And that stone was Christ. I talked about earlier about him being a rock that makes him fall, a stumble. He makes people stumble. He makes principalities stumble, his very presence. And this stone in Daniel's dream, that stone was, was not made by human hand. It was God coming and his kingdom. And when it blew away all those other kingdoms of the world, a great mountain filled the whole earth. 
And that mountain is the mountain of Christ. Talking about who he is to you. In Isaiah chapter 6, in verse 3, Isaiah described when he saw the throne room of God. He described God sitting high and lifted up on his throne. And he described angels called seraphims. And those angels were above the throne. They had six wings. Two of their wings covered their whole face. And two of their wings covered their feet. And the other two wings, they were flying above the throne of God. And they were decreeing and declaring, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of your glory. That declaration ties into what Daniel saw, what he interpreted for King Nebuchadnezzar. And when he saw that stone rising up and destroying all the other kingdoms. And that's where we are today. Today, which is Christmas Eve, tonight will be, we are to review, take a look at our lives and review the over the whole course of our lifetime what Jesus means to us, what his birth means and his existence to us. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for being born, for coming to earth to save us from our sins. And Lord, also, not only did you come to save us from our sins, but to show us how to live so that we will live a life of destiny that you have determined for us before the foundation of the world. And we bless your holy name. Amen. I want to speak to those who don't know this Christ, don't have a relationship with him. He came to earth to save us from our sins. But not only that, he came to show us how to live. He, he showed us how to live in his, in his way, in his kingdom purpose right here on the earth. And if you don't know who he is today, but you feel his tugging at your heart, you feel something inside of you, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus on earth to die for me for my sins. He came as a baby. But he's no longer a baby. He died on the cross. And after three days, he rose with all power in his hand. And I know that he loves me. And I know that you raised him from the dead. And I know that he loves me and you loves me. You love me also. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for a new creation. And remember, a new creation exists so that you can know how to apply the word of God to your everyday life. Today's message. Who is he to you is designed for you to think, to meditate on who the Lord Jesus is to you and his purpose in your life. You can find a new creation podcast in Google podcast. Search for Phyllis's P-H-Y-L-L-I-S apostrophe S a new A-N-E-W creation. And I hope you will subscribe. I pray that every soul who heard this message today will tomorrow when Christmas Day comes, celebrate in a new way and know that Christ in them is the hope of glory. And those of you who pray to receive Christ, welcome to the household of faith. Glory to the Lord. Have a wonderful day.